are werewolf bar mitzvah. <laughs> it's okay. We can... <laughs> I don't even remember what the joke was. I think it was just that, like, werewolves and bar mitzvahs. <laughs> <laughs> Two white girls talk Bollywood. I'm Kim. And I'm Katie. And we're here to talk about singing and dancing and Bollywood boys and Bollywood girls and Bollywood wolves. Yeah. Singing and dancing and howling. Ow. <laughs> Love that. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I have had one of the songs stuck in my head. I think you could tell which one based on my howling. The one with the howling? Yeah. Yep. You got it. <laughs> well done. Gold star for you. Thanks. Thanks. I'm real smart. We are talking about Badia this week mm-hmm. and what a what a fun time. It I was. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the movie as much as I've liked some of the other ones we've watched this month, Mm -hmm. Um, but I did still have a good time going back and watching it again for the first time since we saw it in theaters. Yeah. I was thinking about it because when we saw it the first time in theaters, I walked out of it feeling like it was maybe a little long. Yeah. Like, I just felt like it kind of dragged in some parts, but I still kind of got that sense. But I will say that re-familiarizing myself with like the CGI and the beauty of the film made me really appreciate and remember how it was to see it in theaters like on the big screen and so I liked it. I agree with all of that including the feeling the length of it a little bit and the comedy wasn't quite as there for me as Stree. Like, I thought I was comparing it to Stree quite a bit, and I definitely (laughs) like Stree better. Like, I just, I think the jokes just landed better in Stree, and this, it was like, we're we're trying real hard to get the humor in, and it didn't quite gel with me at every turn. But overall, but I totally agree about the CGI and the look of the movie. It's a beautiful looking film. It's definitely entertaining. I've made a note that this movie feels more like a superhero movie than it feels yeah. like a monster film. There's yeah. so many so many beats in it that are such like superhero moments right. as opposed to like horror monster movie moments. So yeah, yeah, and I think that was done intentionally. Yeah. But regarding the humor too, I think it's hard when half the humor is intentionally racist. That is that is a challenge, yeah. And um, I don't... Yeah. It's, it's weird because it is made in pretty much every moment where jokes are happening. Right. And it's a strange choice for then that the, the point to be like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you could have had one comment. Yeah. That could have... That conversation could have happened and it would have been just as strong and we wouldn't have been sitting through racist jokes. I do agree. Like, at the very least, each time that it happened could have taken less time. Like, it could have been, like, one or two underhanded comments that, you know, received, like, perturbed glances and then the speech at the end. But we'll get into all that. Yes, Um, we will. So let's go through our cast here. The movie stars Varun Dawan, you know, as, as our wolf and he he does a great job. I said this last week too, but he looks amazing in this movie. Like just 
I love a beard. I and he love looks his beard. <laughs> yeah. His beard is perfect. The beard with the big fuzzy jacket. Yeah. Um, and then also and the, the sweaters hair? that he wears. Yeah. yeah every, like the, his whole look is excellent. It's um, really good. I just feel like he's growing into a man. <laughs> That's you really know? funny because after watching the dance numbers, like refreshing my memory, I was like, I really want to watch the number with him and Kriti from Dilwale. Yeah. And so I watched that. I was like, they are babies. They look yeah. like actual like teenagers. I know. That number. Compa- like going from watching the, the final number of this movie to watching that movie, I was like, they are, yeah, <laughs> they're precious babies in Dilwale. Right. Yeah. And so it's funny because we're going to see two of his earlier films. Yeah. Soon. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of funny then to see this one and be like, oh, yeah, he grew up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he grew and he grew up good. Yes, um, he did. So speaking of, I was gonna say before, speaking of good hair, Sorry. <laughs> and also speaking of growing up good, Kriti Sanon, <laughs> oh, who is I love she, her like, short haircut, yeah. is adorable. She's amazing. Yeah, and I've said this before, and will say it again about movies that she's in. Like I do feel she is underutilized in this film, but what she does, she does well. Yeah, she she doesn't really speak a whole lot. She really doesn't, and when she does, she doesn't sound smart. <laughs> yeah. Which is not her fault. It's the fault of the writers. And then we also have Abhishek Banerjee back reprising his role as Jana. They call him yes. JD in this movie, but I'm going to call him Jana. And then Paulin Kabak as Jomin. I loved him, too. Yeah. I loved him. I loved his hair, too. Everyone's hair looked his great His hair was great. And I also just liked his style of acting. Watching it the second time around, I was like, I'm going to, like, kind of focus in on his face during uh-huh. scenes and things. And I, I liked what he was bringing to the table. That's great. I hope yeah. we get to see more of him in the future, because I, mm-hmm. I agree. He did a great job. And the movie, just like Stree, was directed by Amar Kashik. And I also wanted to give a shout out to the composing team of Sashin Jigar, who also did the music for Stree, who also did the music for a bunch of other movies we've watched. Like, they did Gold. Oh, um, they're great. They're they're a good good duo. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that during the more like emotional moments. Mm-hmm. I was like, gosh, the music is yep. beautiful and is like perfect for this. Good soundtrack yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the action. Yeah. Um, and we do go right into the action. We open in the wilderness and i do again i remember the the volume the first time we watched it was too loud so loud (laughs) yeah so yeah we're in the wilderness and the, the the wilderness is bathed in moonlight and we approach a sort of it's not really a cabin i described it as a hobbit hole it's like a little woodsy house little woodsy home Inside this structure, there's a soldier who is telling the story of the wolf and the seven lambs to his daughter. Mm-hmm. And as he is telling the story, he is interrupted by growling sounds outside. And he goes to investigate. But before long, we hear him get mauled by something <laughs> in yeah. the woods. And his poor <laughs> little daughter is very traumatized by this, I'm sure. She is standing there no idea what to do. She's six years old. Um, yep. and she's backing away from the door and then suddenly a huge wolf dives in and lunges at her. Mm-hmm. It's very scary. 
And then we change gears. <laughs> yep. And we don't know like where we're shifting in terms of time or space at this point, but we meet Bhaskar, who is the hero of the film, and his boss is sending him to Arunachal for a land acquisition project. Mm-hmm. But so he invites his cousin Jana to join him for this trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jana proves immediately here that he knows absolutely nothing about Indian geography, which no judgment. I know very little like U.S. geography is something that confuses me. But <laughs> yeah. so he doesn't know like where they're going or what they're doing. But Bhaskar convinces him to put aside studying for his IAS exams and tag along with him so that he can meet girls is basically his reasoning for coming along yeah and i don't quite understand like it's not like it's goa you know right yeah i guess it's just like there will likely be women there just like there are anywhere else (laughs) that is true yeah it's a very Um, rural area but yeah you know I, I'm not sure why that's the goal, but good it's luck, happening. JD. <laughs> yeah. But so they fly to Arunachal, where they meet up with Joe, who is Bhaskar's friend who lives in the area. And Jana immediately starts making racist jokes to Joe. Yeah. I didn't make note of every time that this happens through the movie. I really just noted this happens and then talk about the speech at the end. Uh, but mm-hmm. it does happen. Five in or six every times. conversation that's yeah. Joe and Jana, like he, Jana is making racist, racist comments. But this is our boy trio, and they drive deeper into the state, heading into the site of this land acquisition. And we get our first, not dance number, but our first musical number, mm-hmm. Baki Sub Teak. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which I do want to point out here how difficult it is as a non-native Hindi speaker. I don't speak Hindi. That makes it sound like I can actually speak it. As someone who is trying to learn the language but does not speak it as a native, it's really hard listening to songs to, to know what they're saying because they literally fit five syllables into three syllables in this song. Because yeah. they're saying, Baki Saptik, Bas Chal Rahahe. Oh, it sounds like he's saying Bashchala. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and like all the times that there I must be to some the subtlety song, there that yeah, I'm I was not like, I, I was like, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what Bashchala means. Right. <laughs> and then I look, I watched a lyric video for the first time today. I was like, really, they're saying Bashchala? Hey. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> but this is fun. <laughs> uh, it is fun. Is, we, we've got some road trip shenanigans happening here. I like the moment when they like have the door open and no one's in the yeah. car and they're just like <laughs> dancing framed by the open door until finally Bhaskar is like, oh crap, <laughs> gotta actually yeah. get in the car. That is a really funny moment. Yeah, like no one's driving, but the car's moving and they're just like dancing alongside. Yeah, and, and there's something just so pleasing about the beat of that yeah. song it's definitely an, an earworm kind of a song like i yeah. forgot because this is another soundtrack that's not available on spotify when it was it briefly was i listened to I the know. song a bunch and it would get stuck in my head all the time yeah um i don't even know how to say it yeah but it's also just so fun to watch their like facial expressions yeah oh it's very fun yeah and i i particularly liked they play a few pee pranks on each other and that's funny <laughs> yes always that um, also seems to be something that happens a lot when varun is in a film <laughs> yeah that's true that's gonna be a, a big part of Dilwali too <laughs> a huge part <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
so they arrive at the house where they're going to be staying for this adventure, mm-hmm. and they are swarmed by some bats. So they're not <laughs> yeah. super pleased <laughs> about the environment that they're staying in. No. And as there is this huge cloud of bats like swarming overhead in their house, we see a wolf creeping around in the woods just mm-hmm. just outside. Scary. I do think they did a good job with the creepy music. Yes. <laughs> I did feel creeped out for sure. Yeah. Um, I felt less creeped out watching it at home on my laptop where I could control the sound. <laughs> yeah. But than yeah. I did in the theater where it was just like, my <laughs> eardrums are bleeding. <laughs> Very overwhelming. <laughs> But so the next day, Bhaskar gets to work, and we also, we meet Panda, who is his local liaison for this project. It's funny, because the first time I watched this, like, not knowing who he was and wondering, like, is he evil? What's his Mm -hmm. deal? But he's just kind of a silly guy who feels very passionately about local lore, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. So Bhaskar meets with, I guess, the board of this project. And what we learn is that they're building a road straight through the jungle. And this is going to destroy a lot of the natural resources in the area. It's going to displace a lot of people. But the goal is to, like, connect this area to the rest of the country. It's this very immoral project. But Bhaskar, we come to see, is... He's into it. He's very much a bottom line kind of a guy. Um, mm-hmm. And he tells he tells the board, nobody needs nature. What we need is infrastructure. It's very heavy handed. It's very <laughs> heavy handed. Yes. Uh, Panda brings up the Apatani people who are one of the indigenous groups who live in the area. And he says that they're going to be particularly hard to win over because, you know, this is their ancestral land. Mm-hmm. So Joe is then driving Bhaskar and Jana and Panda home from the construction site, and Panda warns them all about the Yapum, which is a virus from deep in the jungle. Mm-hmm. And Joe is like, this is local superstition, like, don't listen to him, this isn't a real thing. And Bhaskar is like, even if it is, we don't need to worry about it, because money can destroy any obstacle, even a virus. And just, uh, yeah, can it though? (laughs) Yeah, right? I was like, I mean, we're still dealing with COVID. We really are. And like, you know, (laughs) money has helped in some ways, but Mm -hmm. like everybody's affected. But then they're stopped on the road because a python slithering across the road mm-hmm. um, and Bhaskar is like just run over it just drive over it and which ew can you imagine <laughs> feel real smushed <laughs> real smushed and just like the bump pythons are huge <laughs> they're very large yeah it like, would like you yeah. feel that happen ew. yeah <laughs> I remember there was just one time when I was like seven years old and I was riding my bike around after a rain and I ran over the fattest earthworm completely by accident and I like felt it in my bones (laughs) and then I looked at it and I was repulsed by how squished it was yeah that's real gross and it's it's just there now that is a memory taking up space in my brain The first animal I ever accidentally killed with my car, which makes it sound like I've killed many animals. (laughs) The first animal I ever killed with my car, first of not many, was a snake. Uh, who, where I and I drove over its head and I felt really. Oh bad. my god! At least <laughs> it was, it was at, quick. Yeah, it was at night and I was like, "Oh my god, snake!" And I like veered and then I ran over its head and I was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> <laughs> that 
that good. It's always creepy to see them go across the road, too. Yeah. You're just like, what is that? And then you're like, oh, you're moving fast. Oh, no. Yeah, that's very sad. I also really like snakes. It is sad. Yeah, we don't condone running over animals if you can avoid it. Definitely. And Panda agrees. And he's like, try to remember, Bhaskar, that you are an intruder in the python's home and not the other way around. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Panda just gets out of the car, and he's like, I live close by, (laughs) and he just goes off into the woods. Yeah. Um, But so they continue along their way, but they end up getting into a car accident because they had insulted a cow. (laughs) Yes. Previously. And then this cow ends up in the middle of the road safely. He's okay. Uh, Uh But they swerve and get into an accident. And now it's nighttime. Night has Mm -hmm. fallen. Um, and jungle. Joe is, he's trying to get the engines started on the car, and Bhaskar is just kind of wandering around deciding he's going to be a real jerk and scare his friends. It, yeah. <laughs> he just, he keeps pretending that he sees things in the woods and, like, screaming, and they're, and then they get scared, and then he's like, ha ha ha, there's nothing there. He's then standing off to the side of the road relieving himself, and yep. he actually sees a wolf <laughs> yeah in the woods and he screams and joe and jonna are like ah whatever <laughs> like right just, yeah <laughs> we've had enough of your shenanigans serves him right but then they do turn eventually and they see that Bascar is in fact being chased through the woods by a huge black wolf yeah and he manages to like jump up into a tree and kind of climb up into it to get away from the wolf but the wolf is able to jump up and bite him right on the bum <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the scene of it just hanging there, like, kind of swinging. <laughs> yeah, just jaws in his butt. Because, like, you've um, seen dogs do that from, like, trees and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> or, like yeah, like, when you, when you have a tennis ball and then you're just yeah. swinging a dog around on a tennis ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so Jonna and Joe, they throw wo- rocks at the wolf. They get it to run off. And they get Bhaskar and they race him into town. But Joe says they can't bring him to a hospital because the people of the town are really suspicious. And if they find out that he's been bit by an animal, it's not going to go over well. Mm-hmm. So they bring him to a vet instead. <laughs> yeah. And not a bad philosophy, honestly. No, like, yeah. yeah. And this is Annika. And they do spend a good amount of time looking at Bhaskar's gaping butt wound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A tennis um, ball could fit into that the, like, crevice. That was so. That was such a like disturbing but effective yeah. <laughs> visual aid that they gave us. <laughs> but so then Annika decides that she's going to give Bhaskar an injection of what appears to me to be purple Gatorade. Yeah, <laughs> bright purple juice. And so she does this, and she you know she sends the boys on their way, bandages up the butt, and mm-hmm. and off they go. And so Bhaskar wakes up the next morning, and there's a fly buzzing around his head, and then he catches it in his hand. Mm-hmm. And, he, and that's without even opening his eyes. And so he is, you know, we're already seeing, like, here's the superhero part of, of I of always, this. we've talked about this before, but this is always the scene of every superhero movie that yep. I love. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, what's this? What's <laughs> happening to me? Um, yeah. And then, yeah, then he, he gets out of bed, and then he goes into the bathroom, And he notices that his teeth are extra sharp and he cuts Mm -hmm. his finger on his tooth and then blood drips into his mouth and his eyes glow gold. Yeah. And then he takes off his shirt and he's suddenly, I I guess, suddenly super jacked. I guess he wasn't before. (laughs) He seems surprised. So I guess we should be surprised. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) 
but he is he is looking very good. Yes. Um. Then the boys are walking into town. They're on their way to go and talk to the indigenous people, the Apatani, and to convince them to let them build a road through their ancestral lands. Mm-hmm. Um. And understandably, this does not go over well. And I did want to particularly highlight this very interesting exchange that happens here between Jana and Joe, where Jana, who he's kind of anti-building the road, he's a little more like, you know, we should protect nature and we should protect the natural world. And he says that if there's no nature, then there's no progress, which is true. But then Joe chimes in to say, like, progress is connecting this area to the rest of the world so that people will stop calling us Chinese instead of Indian. Mm -hmm. Um, That moment to me felt really like that was a good moment to include because there was not then a racist joke back to him. And it was just a good moment for him to say, like, that's a good dichotomy to see here is like that, you know, we do want to protect the world, but then also building infrastructure is ways to like get people resources. And so it's a tricky situation. Yeah, it's a little bit of a sneak peek into what I researched. Uh Um, But that is definitely a real thing that is being discussed in specifically in this area where, you know, trying to get running water, trying to get electricity to all of these remote villages. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, it does require some shearing away of nature in certain areas. It's a hard thing. Because who wants that progress versus loving their current way of life? It's like, who makes those decisions? Yeah. 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 That's interesting. And I really, I like that this movie talks about that. Me too. I I think it's so interesting to include it. And it made me really want to learn more. And so I'm excited now that I will get to very soon. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it just reminds me too that like, I'm pretty sure when we walked out of the theater the first time seeing it, we were like... Mm -hmm. I didn't know that this place existed. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and granted, like, yeah, we live in the U.S. and most Ameri- most white Americans are pretty into ourselves and <laughs> don't really think about geography <laughs> <Yeah>. elsewhere. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe it's not that shocking. But I know that I enjoyed learning about an area of the world that I literally didn't know about before. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool to have our attention brought to it. And even for those people who were aware of it to just kind of see that represented in Mm -hmm. this movie. But anyway, so Bhaskar decides that the right move is to talk to the youth of this village uh, instead of the elders. And so he talks to, to, you know, all the teens and he promises them a mall and a movie theater and coffee shops. And he says to them, you want tiger shroff, not real tigers. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that. I thought it was funny. very silly but then he starts to get distracted by his heightened senses and he then starts to double over in pain and panda steps up to help him and he offers to bring him to the local healer and claims that this local healer is 120 years old yeah we don't know the significance of that though (laughs) no um (laughs) So they go to the healer and the healer gives Bhaskar, you know, a good once over. And then he just dunks his whole head in a bucket of water. Yeah. Um, and Bhaskar, as he's kind of half drowning in this bucket of water, he sees a wolf at the bottom of the bucket and he freaks out and he, you know, jumps out of the, the healer's hands and, and runs out of the house. Mm hmm. And so he then goes to see Annika again for his butt wound, but it's completely healed over. It's as if it never were there. 
He does not have a giant dent in his butt. <laughs> he does not. There's no like uh, like an ice Thank cream goodness. scoop. Thank <laughs> goodness. No, his butt is back to being perfectly sculpted and unmarred. Yes. <laughs> um, he tells her about his heightened senses, and neither of them really has any idea like what that could be. And Annika just kind of continues to like make guesses and prescribe him random drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oscar doesn't have a ton of faith in her doctoring skills, but he is interested in flirting with her. So he takes this opportunity to, you know, test the waters a little bit in that regard. It's, it's like the moment that you see him realize that she's a beautiful woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I should take this conversation in a new direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the flirting goes over well, and Annika asks him if he's going to the music festival that night. And he's like, I'll go if you're going. And she's like, well, I don't know if I'm going. And Bhaskar's like, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. not what he actually says, but that's the feeling. And it's it's joking and teasing and very sweet. Mm-hmm. And Annika just smiles at him, and she tells him not to drink at the festival. That Hilarious. <laughs> Based on, like, the literal next scene. Yeah. <laughs> Because the literal next scene is the festival where lots of people force Boscar to drink lots of beer. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he's not against it. <laughs> no, it's he's he's pretty easily convinced yeah. to, to do this. But before we get to that, that one of the guys from the construction project, Prakash, tells Boscar that they've gotten all the signatures they need so they can move forward with the project. And then we get our first dance number. Yeah. Jungle Mekandhogaya. Yeah. I love it. Yep. I was like, okay, maybe I'll wait to see if Kim says this is her favorite. But I think we both have a shared favorite. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I do think that's accurate. Um, <laughs> But I do think this deserves a spot on our YouTube playlist. Absolutely, Um, yeah. Especially because I have watched the YouTube video Mm -hmm. so many times that I was then actually taken aback at how short this scene was in the actual movie. Because in my head I was like, no, but it goes the whole length of like the music video. Mm -hmm. But no, it doesn't. I know, it's kind of sad how how quickly it gets cut off in the movie. I will say, too, like, absolutely, we'll we'll put this one on the playlist as well, but it's also a great addition to any Halloween playlist. Like, this, yeah. you know, fits right in with Monster Mash and um, thriller. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> and, yeah, Thriller. But I, I do love when Bhaskar, like, starts dancing at Annika. Uh-huh. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I'm into it. I'm part of it. Because up yep. until that point, she was kind of sitting back. And I yeah. love her outfit. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Her like colorful sweater. Yeah, and like the skirt. Yeah. It's like this asymmetrical stripy skirt. Like it's so cozy casual. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love it. She's got a lot of good looks in this that are very yeah. like she would fit right in in Vermont with, with all these outfits. <laughs> she really would. <laughs> yes. And I was also this is not in the movie version of the song but is in the YouTube version of the song. But that dance move where he like well, they all get down on their knees to the beat and yeah. then back up. And then I'm like, as someone with really bad knees. <laughs> I also have really bad knees. That would hurt my knees so much. I'm so impressed. <laughs> like, my knee would give out if yeah. I tried to do that. And I'd be screaming in pain. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's really funny. Good I, for I, all I... of them. 
I also really like, so in the YouTube video at the end, like she jumps into his arms and kisses his cheek. But in the movie, I think he jumps into Prakash's arms. <laughs> like, towards yeah. The end of number. He yeah. ends up in some man's arms. And I enjoy that. At the end of this number, Bhaskar's not feeling great, so he, like, stumbles into the wilderness clutching his stomach. And meanwhile, Prakash gets mauled by a wolf, yeah. and it's a real bummer because all of those signatures <laughs> that we saw him, or that he told us that he had acquired, we see the papers, like, float away down the stream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only reason it's a bummer. <laughs> I know, yeah, it really, yeah, sucks for only that reason. R.I.P. Prakash. But so, the next day, the police question Bhaskar and his buddies because they found Bhaskar's coat with Prakash, like, at the scene where they found his mauled body. And Bhaskar's like, well, I gave it to Prakash at the end of the music festival, but we didn't see that happen. Yeah. So... This is very suspicious, but the police are like, yeah, but we also know that Prakash was killed by an animal, so, like, they're just trying to kind of puzzle piece things together. And then Panda comes in, and he's like, it was the yapum! It was the virus! Yeah. Um, and he puts on a whole show, like, reenacting what he saw in the woods, because his he lives nearby, and he witnessed the mauling. <laughs> I, I did think it was, like, an A-plus performance. I agree, yes. He really goes all out <laughs> He's, like, this. thrashing. <laughs> great. <laughs> Bhaskar and the boys, they leave and they're like, oh, haha, Panda, like he must have been watching a bunch of monster movies last night. <laughs> and then Bhaskar vomits up a lot of blood. Yeah. Like, like a lot of blood. So clearly, like either he's bleeding internally and like n about to die or he consumed someone else's blood. Those are the only two possibilities. Either way, not ideal. Um, and <laughs> They take him back to Annika, and Jana is like, I think he might have rabies. Like, maybe we should test his stool. Mm -hmm. um, and Annika's like, nah, he just needs more purple Gatorade. So she, like, <laughs> gets the injection ready again. But Bhaskar is like, no, I don't want the injection. And he's resisting, he's fighting them off, and then he ends up hulking out. And so then we see Jana and Joe debriefing, and Jana's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got rabies. Like, we gotta <laughs> acquire some of his stool so we can have it tested. Yeah. It's fun now watching this movie after having recently watched Stree and knowing the connection. Yes. Um, because Jana then says, like, I've seen some things. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he has. He was once possessed by a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I don't feel the need to go into a ton of detail about the scene where they now acquire the stool sample from Bhaskar. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't need the, like visual or audio of no, it no no i didn't need any of that i didn't mind the we gotta wrap this up jokes from yeah. like buskar sitting on the toilet and i also he's wearing an excellent sweater his sweater's great yeah. it's like one of my favorite sweaters i've ever seen high praise but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah but otherwise you know all we need to know in this moment is that they are able to acquire some of his his poo um yeah but so they bring, like, literally, like, a f bucket <laughs> yeah, full of poop. <laughs> but and so, also now, how are they going to fix that pipe? Yeah, they, like, sawed it open. <laughs> Not <laughs> very effective. But anyway, yeah, so they're doing that. And then Bhaskar, he, at the same time, he goes to the hospital to see Prakash. Because Prakash is still alive at this point. Mm -hmm. And Bhaskar goes to see him. He's unconscious. He's been torn to shreds. But then as he's, like, backing away from Prakash's, like, pr 
prostrate form. He overhears a doctor and a soldier, like, they come in, and they don't see him there, and they're like, okay, we gotta cover up the fact that Prakash was infected by an animal. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they burn his body. Yeah, while he's alive. While he's alive. Yeah, it's dark. (laughs) It's very dark. It doesn't seem like it was torture for him or something, but they do kill him. Yeah. And the way that they kill him is they burn his body. I Yeah, I feel like the least you could do is, like, shoot him first. Yeah, I agree. Like, let's just make sure he doesn't wake up. But then at the same time, we see the healer with his, like, crew of, of people, and they're, like, invoking the spirit of the Yapum in the fire, and we see yeah. a wolf, like, rise out of the flames, and it howls. And just as that happens, Bhaskar, who's across town watching the body burning, his eyes glow gold again. Mm-hmm. And so the next day, Bhaskar is just, like, in the woods caressing a tree, like you do. Yeah. Um, and Jana and Joe arrive, and they're, they're like, asking him what's been going on, and he's like, I'm fine. I gotta, like, get back to business. We gotta find someone to replace Prakash on the project. And when Jana, like, questions him further, Bhaskar grabs him by the throat and slams him back against a tree. And so everyone, so John and Joe are continuing to be pretty worried about their buddy here. And they do sure. get the results back from having his stool tested. And he ate a human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much what we learned from that. No wonder his stomach hurts. Yeah. But so then they see Panda and Panda shares with them a little bit more of what he knows about the virus and specifies that the full moon is a particularly vulnerable time for those infected. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that tonight is a full moon night. And we see Bhaskar first, like, staring out the window at the full moon, and then he starts to transform into the beast. Yeah. Um, And I really, I thought this was a really well-done sequence. I liked this a lot. Um, I did, too, because they got the kind of eerie, creepy, painful aspect of it across without it being revolting. Because I've also seen just really gross werewolf transformations. Absolutely. Yeah. This one, it was a good balance, I would say. You know, he rips off his shirt. He's writhing around on the floor half naked. And then his body starts to kind of like ripple and fur grows Mm -hmm. all over him. And the last thing we see is a tail go (laughs) bursting out of his underpants. He's got really cute undies. He does have very cute undies. These undies are important to the plot, too. Yeah. And I mean, he has other undies in the movie, too. And those are also cute. And I'm like, I like that maybe, this is his vibe. Yeah. Maybe he has a subscription to Me Undies. Um, yeah. Me Undies. Uh, commercial break. No kidding. Um, so he's turned into a wolf. Wearing <laughs> um, underpants. Wearing underpants. I really like that the, the werewolf in this movie, they're actual wolves. Yeah. I'm never as big of a fan of, like, werewolves that are, like, weird human hybrids. Yeah, like, those, like, the Harry Potter werewolves. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that I, freaks I, me like, out. I don't like that. I'd rather just see a wolf. Big, or, like, scary the wolf. big ones from Twilight, where it's like, why are you the size of a bear? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's confusing. <laughs> it's very strange, yeah. Anyway, so Jonna and Joe arrive back at the house just in time to see Wolf Bascar burst out of the window and run into the village. Um, and so they get in Joe's car and they're chasing him, but they lose him. And so they're trying to howl to get his attention mm. um, and it's not working. But then the radio starts to play a song that sounds like howling. Yeah. And then he appears and he attacks the car Um, and we end this scene with a really great shot of him on the car in his undies, (laughs) howling with the full moon behind him. And it's just, it's a, it's a nice tableau. 
Mm-hmm. But so poor Baskar wakes up as a human the next morning in the woods by a stream with a python in his underpants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he makes his way home, but his undies are all stretched out. So he has to like hold them to keep them on his body, maintain his it's, modesty. <laughs> it's like a funny little walk of shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then Annika drives by on her scooter and she picks him up and gives him a ride home. I just, I love the way that he sits on the back yeah. of her scooter, like with his legs crossed. Like it's very prim and proper. He's very demure. Yeah. And she and gives she, him like, gives, her scarf. Yeah. And then he just like puts it around his shoulders yeah. as if that helps cover his nakedness. Yeah. Um, That's funny. But at least his neck is warm now. Um <laughs> Then we find out, so the guy who, there was this whole thing where um, Bhaskar had talked to the guy who was going to replace Prakash with for like his part of the project. But then we find out that that guy, the replacement guy, he's now dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was also killed by a wolf. Uh, mm-hmm. And they watch the footage of the killing happening at the police station and the wolf was wearing underpants. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty incriminating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Jana is like, don't worry, I'll destroy the underpants. And Baskar talks to Annika about a cure, but Annika is like, it's a rare jungle virus. Like it would take years to find a cure to this. Mm-hmm. And Bhaskar is like, man, this jungle is cursed. But Annika's like, no, you're the curse. And we get, we like, for the first time, we get a little bit of, like, anger from Annika about yeah. the whole situation. And then she says, this is where oxygen comes from. And if you keep cutting down trees, someday you're going to choke. Mm-hmm. I liked that line. I liked that kind of visual. Yeah, that they, like, these forests are the lungs of India. Yeah. But then Bhaskar says that the only green here he cares about is money. So yeah. typical. I know. Come on. <laughs> but so then Panda finds out that Bhaskar is the one who's been infected because Jana did not do a very good job of destroying the <laughs> underpants. And, <laughs> and, and Panda puts it all together. And so Bhaskar threatens him and he says that he'll infect Panda if he tells anybody. And Panda right. promises that he's not going to tell anyone. And they ask him if he knows of a cure. And he says he can talk to the healer, but nobody knows where the healer is. He's, like, kind of gone off, wandered into the wilderness, and he could be gone for as many as three months. <laughs> right. Yeah, he just does his own thing. He's, I love that. Yeah, I love that, too. You know, this 120-year-old man just bopping. But Panda's like, don't worry, I'll find him. And Bhaskar's like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to chill and try not to get <laughs> killed and also try not to kill anything. Yeah. Then we get kind of a montage where Bhaskar is trying to just sort of, like, live his life. Yeah. <laughs> Panda's just, like, waiting for the healer. Yeah. I love that him, like, finding him is just him going to the house where he was that yeah. one time and just standing there. Just, like, yeah, sitting by the door, like, huh, I wonder if yeah. he'll show up. Yeah. <laughs> but we also see over the course of this montage that the cops have hired some hunters to come to the area and hunt the wolf. Mm-hmm. So a month passes, and it's now the next full moon night, and Joe and Jana bring Bhaskar to an abandoned warehouse, and they're like, this is going to be now a safe place for you to transform, and just as they're going to chain him up, a soldier arrives. Mm-hmm. And this soldier is like, I know what you are up to, one of you is going to turn into the wolf, I'm going to lock you in, and then I'm going to find out who it is. 
Yeah. So he locks them in, he gets out his phone, and he starts recording them. And so the boys are desperately trying to find another way out, but before they can, Baskar starts to transform into the wolf once again. Yeah. Um, and I really like the contrast that we get if, you know, him, like, fighting against it and how mm-hmm. painful it is, and that's going to be important later. Um, yeah. But so the boys, as he's transforming, they're trying to talk him down. They're trying to do the old, remember who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like serious Black trying to talk down Lupin. And um, I definitely, you know, I think we'd all try that. Yeah, but doesn't work. This is not a Disney movie. It's really not, no. So he fully transforms. He starts going after Joe and Jonna. But then we hear a scream outside the gate. Mm-hmm. And Wolf Buscar, he's distracted by this, and he goes to check it out, and we see that the soldier is gone, yeah. and the other wolf <laughs> is there, um, yeah. and the other wolf opens the gate, and the two of them leave together. I do feel kind of bad for that soldier. Like, he is just trying to keep the people of the village safe. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, think that's, I think it's very reasonable for you to feel sympathy for, for this man. But um, he also seemed like a jerk. I don't know. A lot of people die in this movie. <laughs> so many people die and no one cares. <laughs> like, yeah, literally. No one, really no one does. Um, one yeah. more thing about that scene that I loved is that Joe, at one point when Bhaskar is, like, approaching, mm-hmm. Joe, like, is prepared to fight him off, but he has his shoe on his hand. (laughs) And I loved that detail because (laughs) if you actually think about it, I'm like, you know what? That's not a bad thing to do in a fight. Your shoe yeah. will give you some extra heft. And yeah, and, and protect your hand too, so that yeah. you know if he's gonna like grab something and like try You're to right. kill, pull the shoe off your hand instead of pulling exactly. the hand off your wrist. So PSA. Um, <laughs> I guess, yeah. When in dire straits. Take um, your shoe off, untie yeah. it, take it off, and put it on your hand. Yeah, I'm sure take, you'll have time. <laughs> take time to arm yourself in that way. Anyway. Joe and Jonna, they leave the warehouse. The soldier's arm's been torn off and they grab his phone. That's that all that's been taken care of. Yep. So the next day when Bhaskar gets home, Joe is is leaving. He's like, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. I'm gonna get out of here. And he takes this opportunity before he leaves to give Jonna a dressing down for all of his super racist comments. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Listen, I'm not Chinese. I'm Indian. So stop. Yep implying that I'm something that I'm not and also stop making racist jokes. And then Jonna stops Joe and he says that he was bullied for his whole life for being different, but he had friends and in particular two best friends who <laughs> supported <Oink>. him and <laughs> and he, now he's much happier and his life is better because of these friends and he's like so I shouldn't have bullied you and he apologizes. Mm-hmm. And then Bhaskar also apologizes, and then he tells Joe <laughs> that if he had to pick him or Jonna to eat, he would pick Joe because he doesn't eat trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is, oh. I really, that's a great, like, friends moment. I enjoyed yeah, that, that a lot. <laughs> it's, like, sweet, but also lightens the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then we get some good news. Panda has found the healer, and so they go to him to ask him if there's a cure. And he explains that there's a pact between the jungle and the humans to protect one another. And when humans mm-hmm. break that pact, that's when the Yapum comes out and starts taking vengeance and spreading the virus. But there is a cure. Bhaskar needs to be bitten in the same place 
and also in the same place, yep. <laughs> same location, same part of his body, on a moonless night. And so the gang, they make some padding for him that's going to protect everything but his butt. And he takes some time to talk to Annika, and he wonders why the forest chose him to be its soldier. And Annika says, well, it was turning the destroyer into the protector. Mm-hmm. And then she says she wants to show him her favorite place in the jungle. And so they head off into the wilderness together as the song Apnabana Lay plays, um, yeah. which is a very nice like love song. And there's all these beautiful shots of them trekking through the trees. And eventually they arrive on a cliff overlooking the jungle. In one of those scenes, uh-huh. Bhaskar just like eats it crossing <laughs> a stream. <laughs> And I'm like, there's no way that was intentional. <laughs> that was a real. That he I really feel like fell. Maroon like fully slipped because he's a pretty graceful guy. This was just a straight up. I, I'm pretty sure he just slipped on a rock and fell. <laughs> That's great. Now I want to go back and rewatch that. That's fun. But anyway, so they make it to this beautiful location, and Bhaskar tells Annika that it makes him want to turn into an animal permanently and live there forever. And Mm -hmm. Annika tries to convince him to stay, but he says that he has to go home as soon as he gets rid of the virus and go back to his life. Why? I don't know. What's so great about his life? (laughs) Besides his papa. His papa seems pretty great. Yeah, I didn't talk about his dad at all, but I really like all the times his dad calls him and is like holding the camera like right up, like as close to his face as possible. It's very funny. Anyway, so the next time a moonless night rolls around, the boys head into the woods, but the hunters also head into the woods on this moonless Mm -hmm. night. And Bhaskar, you know, they get him all situated up in the tree with his padding, just his butt exposed. Um, and then they like cut his butt to make it even more enticing. It kind of <laughs> felt like they just stabbed him. <laughs> just deep. Straight in like the apple of his butt. Right in the butt. Um, <laughs> he says as they're preparing that this feels wrong. And he's starting to feel like the wolf is the hero and he is mm-hmm. the villain. But Joe's like, nah, we're returning you to your natural state. Like, we got to go through with this. And so Joe and Jonna go and they wait nearby and they've got a rifle so that they can shoot the wolf if things get out of hand. Yeah. And then the wolf shows up. But before it can bite Bhaskar's bum again, it gets shot by the hunters. Mm hmm. It runs off, and the boys get Bhaskar down, and they tell him that he has to go after the wolf and get it to bite him before the hunters kill him. Yeah. And so he runs after the wolf, first on two legs and then on all fours. So he follows the wolf, and he gets led back to the cave-slash-hobbit hole from the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he goes inside, and he sees the injured wolf just as it transforms into Annika. What? What? And Annika is, she's not pleased. No. Uh, she, <laughs> she tells Bhaskar that she meant to kill him when she first bit him. <laughs> yeah. um, and she explains that she has been the protector of the jungle for 100 years. Yeah. And she was the little girl at the start of the movie. She tells Bhaskar that she had thought that maybe he might change his tune and mm-hmm. become a good protector for the forest, but he proved that he's not ready for that responsibility and he's better off as a human. And so she's like, just let me bite you and, you know, we'll take care of it. And then she transforms effortlessly back into a wolf. But then the boys show up, she runs off, but we hear more gunshots 
and we mm-hmm. see that she's getting chased by the hunters as she's running away. And we also see her get snared in a net and then brought into the village and put in a cage. Yeah. And so Joe and Jana, and then Panda also is here now too, they're all telling Bhaskar that he has to save her. He's got to transform into a wolf, but mm-hmm. he can't change because it's a moonless night. He's like, I need the full moon. I need that influence. I can't do it without it. Mm-hmm. So Jana and Joe try to hype him up. They like show him a picture of the moon on their phone. Yeah. Um, and then they hit him. <laughs> I really like that when he's just bouncing back and forth and they're yeah. both just slapping him. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that being kind of therapeutic. I- yeah, yeah, for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, but then Panda steps up and he's like, you need to become one with the jungle. Let your instincts mm-hmm. take over. So Baskar takes a deep breath and he focuses. And yes. then I love this. He falls on his hands and knees and poof, he's the wolf. Yeah. So he's got it now. He's Because he's, he's got not the... fighting it anymore. Exactly. He's embracing it now. Bhaskar goes to where they've got Annika in the cage and he just kind of like creepily appears over the roof of the building. He goes to try to set Annika free, but he can't. And so he just starts killing people. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? And eventually we see that his paw gets stuck in some lumber and he's trapped. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are two hunters who are slowly approaching him. But then we see the healer show up and he unlocks Annika's cage and Annika jumps out and she kills these hunters just in time to save Baskar. But she gets stabbed, like pretty badly wounded. Like macheted. Um, yeah. So all the hunters are dead and Baskar and Annika are about to leave, but the healer stops them. And he falls to his knees before them, as do all of the like onlookers. And they all raise their hands in blessing. And it's a very powerful moment. Mm-hmm. So the morning dawns and Annika and Bhaskar are heading through the jungle. Poor Annika is really struggling. She's limping. She's having a hard time. But she makes it and they find their way to the cliff. Um, And once they're there, they have a very sweet little like head nuzzle. And Annika whimpers and I like, oh, it like hurt my heart. And then she lays down and as her eyes flash, Bhaskar's eyes change from gold to red. Mm -hmm. And then her body slips over the side of the cliff. So Bhaskar, still as the wolf, watches her fall and he howls. Mm -hmm. And then the credits start to roll, but we're not done yet. We flash forward six months, and we see Bhaskar announcing that there will be no development at the cost of nature, and now they're building the road around the jungle instead of through it. What a concept. (laughs) And then we see Janna, you know, they're back home. Janna is chaining Bhaskar up in anticipation of his transformation. And then the doorbell rings. Yeah. And I was like so excited because I knew Me what too, was coming. Me too, now that we knew. Yeah. <laughs> so Jonna goes to get the door and who is there but our boys from Stree. It's it's Vicky and Bitu. Mm-hmm. And they don't look super happy. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> They're like, Jonna, why haven't you been answering our calls? We've been trying to find you. And Jonna explains that his mom made him block their numbers because he's been having seizures. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense to me why, okay, you should not be friends with your friends anymore. Yeah, because you're having seizures. I don't get yeah, it either. <laughs> um, but this is, this is what we hear. 
And so Vicky is like, well, the reason that you're having seizures is because she is still affecting you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Stree. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, you're the only one who can find her. Because I guess she's missing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. She's that, been kidnapped. That, yeah, all that happens. Um, and then they hear some crashing sounds and Bitu and Vicky are like, ooh, you having some friendship? <laughs> <laughs> so they go and investigate the sound, but of course they are met by Baskar, who lunges at them. And that's yeah. like the real, like, sort of curtain drawn on yep. the plot. But we still have to have our final dance number. We mm-hmm. see Joe and Jana and Baskar wandering through the jungle with flashlights, and then they fall <laughs> down a waterfall. Yeah. And then they appear before the beautiful Kriti. Uh, wearing so a good. gorgeous pink ensemble, and we get Tumake Shuari. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely my pick for my favorite. Oh, it's me too. such yeah. a good song. It's such a good dance number. Like, I don't know why I don't watch it more often. <laughs> it's, I was also reminded of just how good it is. Yeah. Oh, I love the bopping, like, the sari off of the it's hip. It's so good. Yeah, like, the, he, so like tossing good. the scarf and then catching mm-hmm. it again. Varun is, like, he's like Ranveer to me. Like, Varun commits to every expression and every yeah. moment, like, 100% in a dance number. And mm-hmm. I love that so much. I love seeing that. Yeah, there's, like, so many moments that I, I love in this. Like, not I like the part where they fall into the fountain together. Yeah. <laughs> And he, like, so much chest is revealed through this yeah. entire song, and then he's wet with his chest out, and it's He's, just... like, Bollywood boying all over the place. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> That's, like, Bollywood boy to the max right there. Yeah. I also, I love, like, the dance move where he is, again, on his knees. Yeah! And he's moving so gracefully, like, across the ground he, on he, like, his hops. knees. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, ow. How? Yeah. I don't know. How I don't you know how this? you do that. Yeah. Also... There's this moment where when he's in the yellow and I think she's in green, uh-huh. where he is looking at her smiling and he has this scarf that he mm-hmm. kind of just twirls. And my heart stopped because we've talked about this before, just you and I, but we kind of get some Shah Rukh vibes from Varun. Yeah, yeah. And in that moment, I was like, there it is. That look <laughs> is pure Shah Rukh. It's this, like, I'm super confident, I'm mm-hmm. having a good time. He's just, he had that sparkle. Absolutely. I am glad you drew attention to that moment, because I also really like that he, like, lassos her, and then that's the scarf yeah. he uses to bounce off her hip for, like, the next yeah. time the refrain comes. But then... Then. <laughs> suddenly, Mystery Girl from Street, yeah. i.e. Shraddha Kapoor, appears. They then, they, like, swap... Yep parts exactly like, yeah like she is about she like ties something around his waist and is bouncing the scarf off of his hip yep mg does what mg does yeah she does <laughs> absolutely yeah. and i also i might be reading too much into this but i really like that at the end like you know she kind of dances off and then varun is like following her entranced and then mm-hmm. kriti comes up and like stops him but she can't see her She's, like, looking, right. she's like, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know, like, what you're following here. So yeah. I'm going to, like, hold on to that for when Stree 2 comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. But, yeah. I know, me too. That's the end of the movie. It was a good time. It was, yeah. 
I think it's worth watching. I think going into it, knowing what to expect, I appreciated it more the yeah. second time around. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to hear about your research for this week. I researched two things, but so I decided to research Arunachal Pradesh because mm-hmm. we didn't know it existed until we watched this movie. Yeah. So yes, as stated in the film, it is in the far northeast of the country. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you looked it up on a map, but like, yeah, there's literally like this really, like India gets really, really skinny and then it's up there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like south of Tibet and like above Bangladesh. Got it. Its name means land of the rising sun. Oh, which is lovely. That is beautiful. Um, and it has been a recognized region of the Indian subcontinent for many, many years. Okay. It's actually mentioned in the Mahabharata. Oh, wow. Which I thought was important to point out just because of the racism and the whole, yeah. like, well, you're not part of India, but literally in some of the most ancient texts, it is. So, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. During British colonialism, it was known as the Northeast Frontier Agency, which is just so British. What like, a ugh. boring name. Like, <laughs> yeah. White people are the worst. Right. But after independence, it became part of Assam. And then it wasn't known as Arunachal Pradesh until 1972 when it okay. was recognized as an Indian Union territory. And then 15 years later, in 1987, it became an Indian state. Okay. So it is an Indian state, has been so for 50 years. Arunachal Pradesh has the lowest population density of any Indian state. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so there are no cities and fewer than two dozen towns. Wow. And the largest of those towns is Itinagar I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, and I'm sorry. But that's located in the southwest, which, based on its remoteness, might make sense. Yeah. Um, And it's also the state's capital. Okay. But still considered a town. According to the 2011 census, the state had a population of nearly 1.4 million people. Of that population, 68% identify as being members of a quote-unquote scheduled tribe, which is a term that was introduced by the government to apply to indigenous people not included in the prevailing Indian social structure okay, or caste system. Got it. Okay. It's important to note that members of scheduled tribes or scheduled castes are among the most disadvantaged socioeconomic groups in India. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe that the group that I talked about last week, the Rekas, are also would also fall into that category. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different tribes living in Arunachal, and they speak around 50 different languages wow. and dialects, most of which are apparently very, very different from one another. Okay. So, therefore... Assamese, Hindi, and English are used as common languages throughout the state. Okay. Many of the tribes practice religions that involve interaction with various spirits and nature-based deities. Very cool. Yes. And more than half of the population works in agriculture, although only a small percentage of the land is cultivated. Interestingly, logging and forestry used to be a major industry. Hmm. 
It used to be a huge like money producer in this area, but production has dramatically dropped since the 1970s due to environmental legislation. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. What a triumph. And there are now only a few local logging industries of small or moderate size. Okay. Now, because whenever I want to talk about land, apparently there's a land dispute. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get into it because there's an ongoing land dispute over this state, mm-hmm. Arunachal, between India and China. Okay. So back in 1912-1913, the British Indian government made agreements with the indigenous people living in the Himalayas of northeast India to lay out the borders of what would be called the Northeast Frontier Agency, which obviously is now Arunachal. The 550-mile-long northern border became known as the McMahon Line, named after Sir Henry McMahon, who represented Great Britain at the 1912-1913 conference in Shimla to settle matters regarding Tibet. Okay. Um, And the British felt that that line marked a geographic, ethnic, and administrative boundary between the two regions. Delegates from Great Britain, China, and Tibet all agreed on the placement of that border. But... Two days later, the Chinese government disavowed its delegate and refused to sign the agreed-upon convention. Oh, my goodness. So they never signed it. They were like, we don't even know who that guy is. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't know that guy. He's not with us. <laughs> and then when India gained its independence in 1947, China made claims to nearly the entire upland portion of what was then considered part of Assam. So basically, okay. they were trying to claim all of Arunachal because it's it's like that whole area that's above the little skinny land bridge, if you're yeah. looking at a map. The Chinese government argued that they'd never accepted the McMahon line and that it was a result of British aggression, which, I mean, maybe. Yeah. It's easy to, to, it's, to attribute a lot of things to British aggression. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. And it's also, it's like, okay, yeah, like there was that. And then there's also like, you know. Where, we're, where we are now. <laughs> yeah. And Chinese troops crossed the McMahon Line in August 1959 and captured an Indian outpost at Longju, which is a short distance south of the border. Two years later, in 1961, they abandoned the outpost, only to cross the line again in 1962 as part of the month-long Sino-Indian War. Side note on the Sino-Indian War, <laughs> just a little quick one. <laughs> This was an actually very well thought out military attack by China because they purposely planned it to occur at the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh. Yes. So that superpowers would be more distracted and Mm -hmm. less likely to intervene in India. Interesting. However, the Cuban Missile Crisis was actually resolved pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, And so the U.S. was able to respond to India's call for help and send an aircraft carrier to India. China actually announced a ceasefire while that aircraft carrier was en route and withdrew to roughly the McMahon line again. Okay. And so then the decision to designate Arunachal Pradesh first as a union territory and then as a state came about as an effort to more fully integrate the region into India and protect it from 
Chinese aggression. Sure. Um, and there have been no more military skirmishes since 1962, but tensions have remained high, and both India and China continue to maintain troops along the border. Mm, okay. So there's that. The story of the wolf and the seven lambs is the second thing I looked into and found this story on a children's tales website. Uh, it's for three to 12 year olds. So <laughs> settle in, folks. We're going to have folktale time with Katie. Story time, yeah. Once upon a time, a goat lived in a forest with her seven lambs. Now, this does bother me because it should be kids, kids or it should yeah. be a sheep. I. <laughs> Like, what are we doing here? She ado- Maybe she's an adopted <laughs> She adopted them. I love it. Every day, the goat would go out in search of food, while the seven little lambs stayed back at home and waited for her. Every time before going out, the goat warned her lambs to be careful and explained, there is a bad wolf who lives in the forest. Sorry, if anyone has seen Doctor Who, bad wolf is a, <laughs> a really triggering... <laughs> combination of words Uh, (laughs) anyway when i am away he will try to come and eat you you must not open the door for him he has a gruff voice and a bushy tail open the door only for me and no one else Mm -hmm. soon the wolf found out about the little lambs and wanted to eat them he started roaming around that place looking for an opportunity and one day while the goat was away looking for food the wolf came to the door and knocked a very polite wolf yeah (laughs) the lambs asked from inside who is there and the wolf replied in his heavy rough voice your mother (laughs) (laughs) but the lambs recognized the voice and said you are not our mother you have a gruff voice you're Mm -hmm. the wolf yep and the wolf went away disappointed okay the next day the wolf thought of trying the trick again but this time he swallowed a lot of butter (laughs) to make his voice less gruff sure Then he went and knocked at the door of the goat's house while the goat was away. Again, the lambs asked who it was. The wolf replied in a soft voice, Your mother. (laughs) Open the door, dears. The lambs heard the smooth voice but were not convinced. They said, Show us your tail. So the wolf let his tail in through the crack in the door. The lambs saw it was hairy and bushy. They said, go away. You are not our mother. You are the wolf. Did Your they, tail is hairy. Did he think it was going to work? Did he think, like, I'll know. just show them my tail and they'll be like, yeah, sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great question, Kim. The wolf returned hungry once again. But the next day, along with swallowing a lot of butter, he also tied a silken cloth around his tail. Mm. Once again, he knocked at the lamb's door and spoke in a soft voice, Mommy's back. Open the door for me, dears. The lambs again said, show us your tail first. The wolf put his tail through the door. The lambs felt it and found it smooth and soft. They did not have any doubt left, so they opened the door. And immediately, the wolf pounced on them and swallowed them in big gulps. But one lamb, who was taking a shower in the bathroom, (laughs) was saved. The wolf left the house, and satisfied with his enormous meal, he laid down under a tree near the river and went to sleep. When the goat came back, she was filled with sorrow to find six of her lambs gone. Yeah, that's real the sad. Rema- it's really That is not a good survival rate. <laughs> <laughs> the remaining lamb told her the whole story, and both of them went out to look for the wolf. They found him in a deep sleep near the river. 
they also saw that some things were jumping inside the wolf's stomach. Oh. Yeah. Quietly, the goat and the lamb crept close to the wolf. They cut a slit in the wolf's stomach and one by one rescued all six lambs. But each time they took out a lamb, they placed a heavy stone inside the wolf's stomach in Ah. place so that the wolf did not wake up. Very smart. Yes. When all six lambs were out of the wolf's stomach, they stitched it back up again and hurried back to their house. After a while, the wolf woke up and felt thirsty. So he decided to go to the nearby river to have water. He stood up, but his stomach felt very heavy. He could not walk properly. He wobbled up to the river, but on reaching the bank, he was unable to maintain his balance and fell into the river and drowned. The goat and her lambs did not face any danger now. They lived freely and happily. The All end. Right. Well, you know, I am glad that the lambs were triumphant in the end. That's great. Good for them. I also, you know, I do love a like a fairy tale. Me too. Um, we were talking about this last week with the like the numbers and the rules of of mm-hmm. like these kinds of stories, and I just I really I enjoy that. I think that's fun. Yeah, and that it's usually like consistently like three days and mm-hmm. like three, on the third three different time. trials you have to go mm-hmm. through, and yeah, it's fun. It's great. I just enjoy that. I always love that kind of stuff. Me too. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that's all I got. So well. That is all great. I appreciate, especially knowing more about Arunachal Pradesh. Yeah. That definitely helps give us some context for watching this movie, for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't have any Bollywood news this week. Girl, I do. Oh, boy. Come at me. I'm ready. (laughs) Bollywood news. Let's go. (laughs) I saw that Ranveer Singh had posted on his Instagram about Tiger's new movie. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So, yes, there is a new movie coming out starring Tiger Shroff coming out in 2024. I don't know when, but it is Singham Again. It's set in Rohit Shetty's cop universe, which I have not watched any of those films. Um, Yeah. No, me neither. But I guess I'm going to have to. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. Yeah. Because not only is Tiger Shroff starring in this but Deepika Padukone is also starring in it. Ron Veer's also in it. Ron Veer's in it? <laughs> so is this, he? like yeah, like he's been a part of this franchise. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, and I think he's like the star. And I think Akshay Kumar is also in Yeah, Akshay them. Kumar. So when you like google it, it's like it stars Tiger Shroff, Deepika Padukone, Karina Kapoor and Akshay Kumar. Yeah, it's like a whole big thing. No one seems to have much information about this. Like, I think it's pre- it's pretty new. This, these are like new announcements that have been coming out. Yeah, yeah. Thank so, you for sharing. That's my Bollywood news. Excellent. Uh, pluggables. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram and t- TikTok. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, that is what it's called. <laughs> yep. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok <laughs> at Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. Mm-hmm. The number two. Yeah, we love any and all interaction on there. You can give us a like, send us a message, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Also, you are welcome and encouraged to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Um, You can leave a rating, leave a review, or not. Just subscribe or not. Regardless, we're happy to have you as listeners, so thank you so much. Absolutely. We appreciate your time. 
And we also would encourage you to listen to our Bollywood Bangers playlist. They're a lot of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. They're linked in our episode descriptions as well as in our posts on Tuesdays. And that's where we collect all of our favorite songs from our movies. Except that this week we will not be putting the songs on Spotify because Spotify is lame. And they're not there, but they will be on YouTube. So sad. I remember when we figured that out. I was like, you must be lying to me. Yeah, that was the first movie that it happened with because I was still in the height of like, you know, every time I listened to my bangers playlist, I wanted to listen to those songs. But anyway. Um, Our next film. We're heading into November, so we're done with our spooky season movies. Mm. But we're going from spooky season to Sharuki season. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yes, we figured that because November is our darling boy, Shahrukh Khan's (laughs) birthday month, we should honor him. We're not only watching Shahrukh films, but most of them are Shahrukh films. And the ones that aren't still are connected to him in some way. Yeah, it's like we've kind of got two themes this month. One theme is... Shahrukh. Yeah. And then the other theme is really like movies based around the first movie that we're going to be watching. Uh huh. Which is the famous and beloved DDLJ, <laughs> Dilwale yes. Dilhania Le Jayenge. Uh, um, because it just had its anniversary on mm-hmm. October 20th. So oh, nice. we are a little bit late just because yeah. we wanted to designate the final week of October to. A spooky movie but yeah i'm so excited to be kicking off our sharuk appreciation with ddlj absolutely for anyone who might not be aware this movie is the longest running film in yeah. theaters in history it has been running continuously since its release in 1995 in mm-hmm. in a theater in mumbai um with a brief pause during covid i think but yeah that's amazing and this is a hugely important film to the yeah. world of Bollywood and so I'm, I'm excited that we're finally going to watch it we've like referenced it a bunch um, <laughs> yeah. and I think it's going to be great for us to watch it now with even more that we have learned about this world mm-hmm. it's the big one it is the big one <laughs> yeah I'm so excited for like the music yeah and some Kajal. really wonderful songs yeah and Kajal <laughs> Just like the, yeah, just like, uh, yeah, like the the mustard plants and. Oh my God. Yeah, just like all the iconic moments, chasing after trains. (laughs) The movie obviously starring Shah Rukh Khan. We also already just said that it's also starring Kajol. I mean, what better duo could you ever ask for on screen? Anupam Kerr is here as well. Always a delight. And Amrish (laughs) Always a delight, always a dad. <laughs> Always a delightful dad. Um and yeah, and then Amrish Puri is also one of the bigger characters. Oh, and Aditya we... Chopra. This is the first movie that was written and and directed by Aditya Chopra, who yes. you know, we now know and love from the spy cinematic universe and right. also like many other things. <laughs> yeah, whose career took off thanks to this film. Because of this movie, yeah. So did I mean really like Shahrukh and Kajal's yeah. careers too. It's the big one. <laughs> it's the big one. <laughs> the IMDb plot description is, When Raj meets Simran in Europe, it isn't love at first sight, but when Simran moves to India for an arranged marriage, love makes its presence felt. 
Mm. I'm fascinated by that plot description. I don't know that I agree with most of it. <laughs> Other yeah. than the names of the characters and the fact that they meet in Europe. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think the order of things is a little confusing. Yeah, it's weird. It makes it sound like nothing happens in Europe, really. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, DDLJ is available to watch on Amazon Prime. I could spell it, but literally all you have to do is type in DDLJ, <laughs> yeah. because again, it's the big one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll know what you're talking um, about. And the synopsis on Amazon Prime is when Raj and Simran first met on an interrail holiday in Europe, it wasn't exactly love at first sight. But when Simran is taken back to India for an arranged marriage, things change. Encouraged by his father, Dharamvir, Raj decides to fly down from London to not just win his bride, but her whole family and the blessings of her father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, a much better, more detailed plot description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, yeah. I always think it's funny when the IMDb plot description, it's like someone copied and pasted it from Amazon or Netflix or wherever, and then they just, like, took out a bunch of words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. like, a watered-down And sometimes down I feel like it's the opposite, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, I am super excited. It's been years since mm-hmm. I watched it. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that I waited to watch it until I already had a deep appreciation for Bollywood films. And I'm even more (laughs) glad that we waited to talk about it until, you know, we're this far along in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. Absolutely. I hope everyone enjoys it and then enjoys hearing us talk about it next week. It's going to be great. And until then, remember, Bollywood doesn't need us, but we need Bollywood.